Wonder practically raced to the bus loop next to the trailer where her classroom was, ignoring her best friend yelling after her. She didn't run often, so it seemed not only out of character, but almost scared her friend a little. On the rock-littered terrain towards the concrete semicircle, she only almost tripped once, a big feat for the long-limbed and uncoordinated third grader. She was taller than all the other girls in her grade, and she attributed her specific talent for falling over things to that fact alone, though it also had something to do with the fact that she felt too big and cumbersome to move around most of the time. It wasn't like she was super self-conscious about being a tall kid. It was just something she hadn't gotten used to yet. She was only a few feet away when she saw him and slowed down her full force barrel towards the big yellow vehicle. She took some metered breaths, trying to seem relaxed as she joined the back of the line to get on the bus. It was only a few people long, but as she glanced where her assigned seat and seat partner already were, she couldn't wait. She quietly thanked the universe that the girl seemed to want the window seat today. Wonder loved sitting in the aisle. She loved being able to interact with the other people on the bus and not getting trapped off in the corner and ignored, though she knew today it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter because he was there and he never let her feel ignored. She stumbled over a backpack or two on her way to seat number 11, where she glanced and made sure her name was still on the wall above the seat where it always was. It was there, of course. She wasn't a bad kid or a troublemaker, and she knew better than to draw attention to herself, so there was no reason for the bus driver to move her seat. Besides, the only person who ever paid her any attention without her having to beg was the new kid anyway. He'd been around for at least four months now, but she still called him the new kid. He was turned around searching for something in his backpack when she finally reached her seat and plopped down across from him. He almost immediately snapped his head up. The smile that spread across his lips was one that gave a sign of expectation, as if he had been waiting for her, as if he hadn't just seen her nearly tumble down the hill in anticipation of seeing him. Maybe he hadn't. She didn't know. But what she did know was that if he was happy to see her, she was feeling that feeling times ten. She glanced at his hand to see what he was holding. What's that? she asked, not recognizing the object immediately. She furrowed her brows a bit when she asked questions. Though the happy expression in her eyes remained the same, it was really her brows that expressed all of the emotion she was feeling. The way she looked at him was almost like a puppy. No, a cat, with the way her eyes turned upwards when she smiled as he answered her. It's a calculator, he answered, a soft smirk on his face. Maybe that was why she liked him so much. Maybe it was the stupid smirk. Or maybe it was the fact that she never had to greet him the way she was forced to greet adults. There was no hi or forced hello before she got to what she really wanted to say, even though he was two years older than she was. Instead, she could just get to talking, because they didn't have a lot of time anyway. There were only 20 minutes between the school and his bus stop, and she knew because she'd timed it so she wouldn't waste a single second. Her uncle had asked what she wanted the timer for, and she didn't answer. Instead, she just promised to bring it back the next day, and she did. She could measure the 20 minutes with landmarks on the road, so she didn't really have to check a clock anymore. It came like second nature to her. Five minutes when they got on the highway, ten minutes when they got off of it, fifteen minutes when they crossed the railroad, 
17 minutes when they drove into the small gated community they both lived in. 18 minutes as they drove past the first cul-de-sac. 19 minutes as the bus stopped. 20 minutes as he held the conversation even though he probably should have gotten off the bus. 20 and a half as their bus driver told him to hurry up. 21 minutes as the bus drove away and she sulked into her seat and counted the 13 hours until she could catch a glimpse of his sleepy face plopping against the blue vinyl of the seat next to her again like every morning. He held out the calculator, and she took a good look at it, hesitant to take it from his hands. She was too afraid of touching him. She thought if her hand ever brushed his, then all of her secrets would be revealed, and that was more terrifying to her than anything else. She had a crush. Maybe. But she was fine keeping that to herself, since he was a fifth grader, and that meant he was closer to being a grown-up than she could ever imagine being. Wonder's eyes filled with well, wonder, as she gazed at the calculator, then back up at his face. What does it do? Why are there letters on it if it's a calculator? She pouted her lips. This facial expression caused him to smile in a knowing fashion. She wasn't pouting because she was being a bratty third grader, but instead because she was confused. He liked when she made that face. It meant he got to explain things to her, and no one ever really liked listening to him explain things except her. Not even his mother. And his mom loved listening to him talk, but she always told him that he went into too much detail. The only time she made an exception was when they were in front of company. There was nothing that Korean moms loved more than showing off how advanced their kids were to other Korean moms. Or that's how he felt anyway. She loved when he talked about school in front of company, but not when he spoke about much else. So he ended up keeping his mouth shut most of the time. Not around wonder, though. He talked a lot in the 20 minutes between when they boarded the bus and when he had to get off of it. And she always listened to all of it, not withholding her funny comments and witty quips that only seemed to make his storytelling and explaining that much more fun. Even though they were already friends, he wanted to be her friend, even more badly now. He had no idea what that feeling was, but now that he was there, he didn't feel like 20 minutes on the bus was enough time. Some math has letters in it. Here, I'll show you. As she looked across the aisle, he pulled the notebook he had just put away out of his bag and grabbed a pencil, writing down an equation for her. He followed it step by step, and yet every word out of his mouth seemed like gibberish to her. At the end, she stared at the paper, and he stared at her. Her lips pulled to one side into this bewildered and worried fashion. But what do you do with N once you have it? Well, he paused seeming to really think about the question. She loved when he did that. Nothing, I guess. Or we don't know yet? That seems pointless, right? You did all that work to get an answer, but you can't do anything with it. She pointed out, and her voice pulled down at the end in a dejected fashion. He thought about that a lot, too. That math seemed useless, even though he was good at it. He didn't know what to do with that right now. He didn't think he would ever know, but that wasn't his concern. He just had to learn it. Go to school, study hard, be successful. Three steps to success, according to his mom. Except the way, the way she said it, it was more like, go school! Be successful. Study hard. Even then, she spoke like periods in her sentences were heavily bolded. 
Even though they'd moved to four different countries, and that was only since his brother was born, his mom never seemed to lose that Korean waitress attitude. She was always talking with at least a 20 decibel difference between the next loudest person, who was usually his father, the Korean-American of his family, who had a concept on inside voices that his mother never seemed to pick up on. Maybe not, but I'm good at it. He shrugged gently, and she furrowed her brows before glancing over at the calculator again. I'm not good at math. I like writing, she said, nodding, as if writing was the end-all be-all of academics. And as far as she was concerned, it was. How do you learn math, or science, or history? All of those things have to be learned through books, so before you can do anything else, you have to know how to read. And Wonder had been doing that for as long as she could remember. When she'd moved to Georgia from her home state of Florida and lived with her mother, she was only allowed to call her grandmother once a day. Even now, she was only allowed to call her grandmother once a day, but something had been different with her mom. It was like her mother wanted to keep them apart. And the only thing that would made Wonder feel less alone was the set of Uncle Arthur tales that her grandmother had bought her. She'd read them to herself every night before bed. She'd been doing that as long as she could remember, too. At first, it had been her and her grandmother reading them together in her grandmother's bed, where she slept. But when her mother had taken her away, it had been harder for her to be able to do that. Even calling her grandmother on the phone and reading to her wasn't the same. There were no soft arms to fall asleep in, and no thin yet somehow warm sheets to cuddle up under. Instead, she had to say goodbye and hang up the phone at some point, and at that point, she always began to cry, and so she had made an executive decision by the age of nine that it was better not to call her grandmother at all. The thought of the Uncle Arthur tales being the same ones that her grandmother had read as a child, and then to her were what kept her from breaking down every night in her small storage bed. They had just crossed over the railroads, and she started to panic a little. They'd only talked about math, and they had five minutes left. She hadn't even gotten to hear him laugh yet. He huffed out a little sigh and then asked quietly, "'Are you coming to school tomorrow?' It was an early release day, and part of her knew that his mother would never let him skip a day of school, but the other half of her figured she might as well prepare for the disappointment now, instead of feeling it in the morning when she got on the bus and he didn't. My mom wouldn't let me stay home, even if the teacher sent a letter that said I didn't have to show up. He chuckled a little. His knee brushed against hers, and though a thick layer of denim separated their skin, she felt that feeling again. Like just a simple touch would unveil the fact that just seeing him made him happy. And that she was overjoyed now to have more than one friend, and particularly one that actually seemed to like her. The same couldn't be said for her supposed best friend Haley. Sometimes she felt like Haley hated her. Or maybe she was just a little stuck up since her mom was a teacher, and she felt like she could get away with anything, like being friends with the only black girl in their entire grade. These weren't things she could tell him, and they weren't things she wanted to tell him either, because she figured that if he knew that he was her only friend, then maybe he wouldn't want to talk to her anymore. Maybe if he knew how much people disliked her, then he might just decide that he didn't like her either. There was a part of her that was thankful their friendship only existed in 20 minutes between the school gates and his front sidewalk, even though every other part of her dreaded minute 21. 19. 
Are you coming to school tomorrow? He asked, leaning in slightly as he shrugged his backpack onto his left shoulder, neglecting to lean back. She leaned in too, like they had a secret. Yeah, my aunt won't let me stay home either. She had moved in with her grand aunt after her mother had failed to pay the mortgage. She'd had to leave most of her things behind, and her mother had taken the dogs too, so she didn't even get to have the most understanding comfort she could have. Kane never judged her. He couldn't anyway. He couldn't talk. She imagined if he could, though, he'd have said something like, You're not that bad of a kid. She's just overreacting. Or, Someday you'll be able to make a little mistake and no one will beat the crap out of you for it. Or maybe even, You shouldn't have to clean your room because your mom trashed it after accusing you of stealing something from her. I know you didn't steal. She should just clean this up. I'm sorry, and I love you. Instead, those were all things she had to tell herself in the silly dog voice that she'd made up for him. Though, she guessed since her mother wasn't around, she didn't need the extra comfort from Kane either. Wonder's forehead almost bumped into the taller boys as the bus lurched to a stop and they both did a half-hearted wince. Minute 20. We won't have assigned seats tomorrow since there won't be anyone here but us. Maybe, he pointed out. Maybe. She agreed, and with those words he got off of the bus. Minute 21. A little less sad than before. The next morning, when she got onto the bus, there was a clear pep in her step. Even her bus driver noticed and allotted her one of only two smiles that she gave out a day. Those were rare, and when the bus driver wasn't red-faced and grumpy, she was actually kind of pretty. Those kinds of smiles were Wonder's favorites, the ones that could change someone's entire face so much that they seemed to have a different personality entirely. She even offered the bus driver a grin in response, which was rare for her. This day was starting out well. She sat two seats behind the bus driver, just far enough that he wouldn't miss her when he got on the bus and have to walk to the back and look for her, but just close enough to the bus driver that no one would want to sit that far up and eavesdrop on their conversation. As the bus rolled up the hill and reached his portion of the sidewalk, the portion that seemed the most beautiful to her, she propped herself up a bit, trying to see over the seats to get a peek at his front door. She grinned when she saw his little brother shoot like a rocket off of the porch and rush down the front steps of their house and up the steps of the bus. There was a moment before he appeared, and probably for the first time, as his eyes met hers, he didn't look happy to see her as she was to see him. He didn't sit next to her either. Instead, he sat sort of across from her and leaned back with his face towards the window. She hadn't really understand the phrase, the cold shoulder, before this, but now it made sense. Now she understood what it felt like to be rejected, which was silly because she liked boys who didn't like her before. But before, well, it hadn't mattered like this had mattered. She put her legs up on the seat next to her, not wanting anyone else to take the spot that was still rightfully his, and leaning against the seat trying to fall asleep. Even though it was just 20 minutes, she wanted that 20 minutes to pass as fast as possible. It bothered her the entire day, and she couldn't wait until the day was over for her to be able to ask him what was wrong. She wanted to know why he treated her the way he had that morning, and more importantly, what was he so upset about? Was it her? Did she do something? 
The more she itched to ask him the questions, the more she felt like the day was dragging on and on. When they got to Long Division, all she could think about was the conversation they'd had the day before. She almost smiled before remembering the treatment that morning. Her teacher lagged through math, and everyone asked a million questions, and the more they did the equations, the more she thought about how good he was at math, and how she was a little jealous of that. She'd tell him that in the afternoon, assuming he didn't hate her. By the time they'd gotten to lunch, she was too concerned in overthinking whether or not he was upset at her to realize that today, since it was early release, third and fifth graders got to have their lunch together. She got excited at first, seeing her seat partner on the bus enter the cafeteria, but soon after, a wave of fear rushed over her body. What if he saw her, and gave her dirty looks and didn't want to talk to her? When she finally got her food and sat down next to Haley, she just sank lower and lower in her seat, hoping that when he came in, he wouldn't see her. He didn't, or maybe he wasn't trying to. She didn't know the difference now. Since he'd turned his back towards her that morning, she felt like she didn't know him as well as she thought she did. Maybe she didn't. After all, she'd learned very early on that you couldn't put things past people, even if you trusted them a whole lot. Today had started off feeling great, and now Wonder just felt lost. She didn't run down the hill today. Instead, she slowly walked, even dragging her feet a little. The buses would wait longer today, and she was dreading their sitting in possible silence for an extra 20 minutes trying to decide whether or not she should say something, and if he would get mad at her if she did. There was no long line to delay her anxious feelings today, since there weren't many kids on the bus to begin with. She took a step onto the bus, and her tiny eyes squeezed close as she tried to imagine what his smile looked like since she wasn't sure she would get to see it today. She couldn't see it in her head and she got scared as if she might never see it again. Her hands gripped into small fists as she made her way to her seat. He wasn't there first this time and that scared her. Maybe he wouldn't be there at all. She slid into the same seat she'd sat in that morning after the bus driver began encouraging kids to sit up front so she could see them without straining her neck. She pulled her backpack into her lap, fiddling with the zippers as she stared out onto the other side of the bus loop, watching the kids climb onto the golden contraptions, and tried to take her mind off of her newfound dread by memorizing their outfits, then trying to remember what they were wearing. Yellow backpack, green shoes, denim overalls, ponytail. It didn't matter whether or not she could memorize it, because they would probably never wear that exact outfit again, which meant she could tell herself she was right about one thing at least, and that made her feel a little better. It didn't, however, stop her from turning her head every time she heard footsteps approaching. At first, she let out breath she had involuntarily held back when they were all false alarms, but a part of her was sad that he hadn't arrived yet, and then there he was. She caught a glimpse of him running as she turned her head to watch someone board the bus. He had the biggest grin on his face, and when he finally climbed on the bus and saw her, she'd meant to smile back, she was sure, but instead her eyes were just filled with shock. He sat down next to her almost immediately and shifted over towards the window to make space for him. Before she could even say anything, words came rushing out of his mouth. 
I'm sorry about this morning. I just wasn't feeling well, and I guess I, I didn't want to talk to you if I couldn't be my usual self, if I was sad or something. I don't mind if you're sad. I'm not like that. She cut him off, but it was important to her that, she, that he knew that. I know, but, well, anyway, how are you? I was worried all day. I thought you were upset at me, she said, frowning a little bit. I wasn't. Promise? Promise. He stuck out his pinky finger and she almost laughed. She would have laughed if the look on his face hadn't been so serious. The only person who had ever asked her for a pinky promise was her grandmother, and she took them seriously, too. She linked her littlest finger with his and nodded. There was a moment between them when she looked at him and their fingers stayed there linked for a bit. She pulled her finger away suddenly, feeling a little overwhelmed. The bus hadn't even started yet, and she felt like it was already going to drop him off too soon. She cleared her throat forcefully, trying to tug the conversation away from the small engagement they'd just had. So, why were you sad? She looked up at him, and the flush that had been on his face only intensified. Her eyes narrowed, and she leaned in a little closer to him. Your face. He didn't say anything, just raised his cold hand to press against his red cheeks. That was already embarrassing enough, and he was already nervous. He didn't need her to notice how bad it was in reality. She smiled softly, and he could tell that she had already let it go, even though the look on her face showed him that she was ready to poke fun at him at a moment's notice. And even though he didn't want to embarrass himself in front of a cute girl, he was still ready to welcome any jokes that she made, but he had something more pressing to say. I have to tell you something, he said, nudging her elbow gently. The bus had finally started, and he'd gotten too scared that he'd waited too long. What is it? Her brows rose a little, and the look in her eyes. He could only compare it to a cat again, ready to pounce on a laser. He wasn't sure what he saw her this way. You kind of remind me of a cat. You know, the one on TV that lives with the Chinese family? A grin spread across her face, though her brows did buckle a bit under the confusion. That's my favorite show, actually. But is that what you wanted to say? I got scared. It sounded like you were going to say something bad. He shook his head. That's not what I wanted to say. He didn't know how he was supposed to tell her, but not telling her seemed even scarier. He couldn't just leave her in the dark. She hated that, even more than she hated being ignored. And he knew both of those things already. He sighed again, heavier this time, as if he was holding the weight of the world on his shoulders. I'm moving tomorrow. He paused a little, realizing he wasn't being clear. I'm moving to Korea tomorrow. Honestly, he wasn't entirely sure that she had fully understood since her reaction was relatively calm at first. And he was right. She didn't fully understand. But she did know one thing. Korea wasn't anywhere near them. She'd been taking gifted classes since she'd gotten to Georgia, and what she knew was one thing. Korea was near China. They'd learned that in their ancient history unit, and Korea wasn't near America, so he was leaving. She tried to push away the burning feeling in her eyes that warned that she was about to cry. Why didn't you tell me? She didn't sound angry, at least. I just found out this morning. So he hadn't been angry at her. 
He'd been angry in general. Why? She tried not to sound betrayed, but that was playing out to be a lot harder than she thought it would be. She knew better than anyone that moving around probably wasn't his choice. It was his parents, just like it had been her mother that pulled her away from her grandmother and moved to Georgia. My dad asked to be stationed there again. I guess he misses home, and my grandparents live there too, so... His voice got quiet, and he realized the full magnitude of the situation too. He'd been move- he'd be moving to a country that he didn't really know all that well, and he might never see her again. He wanted to give her his phone number, but that would change when he got to Korea, too. Maybe his email? No, that might change as well. He was confused for a moment before his eyes finally met her face and he saw her glossy expression and watched a tear roll down her cheek. He couldn't understand how she was feeling, and she knew that, but it felt like she was just losing more than a friend. It felt like... Once again, things were being pulled away from her, outside of her control. He didn't want to see her cry. He knew that much. It felt like he was watching his heart get ripped out, so he tried to detract, distract her from being sad. He talked, and he wasn't much for talking to fill the empty air, but with her it had been so easy. So what if he had to force himself this time? It wasn't that bad. He looked around for something to talk about, Desperately grasping at straws, he finally landed on something. Sticking out the front of her bag was a powder pink paper. It was clearly folded, so he tugged at it gently and out popped an origami heart. Did you make that? That's cool. He tried to make his voice happy enough for the both of them. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I did. We lend origami today and gifted, but it's really hard, so I don't think I'll do much of it anymore. Her tears slowed a little bit, and that urged him to keep going. He wanted to take all of the sadness he just brought her away, but he knew he couldn't. That didn't mean he wasn't going to do his best to try. They were on the highway now. You know, in Japan, there's this legend about paper cranes. It says if you make 1,000 of them, then you get a free wish. We read a book about it. A book? If he had read it, she wanted to read it. Maybe they could talk about it. Maybe they'd find a way. Maybe if she made a thousand paper cranes. But she didn't know how to make a paper crane. It seemed hard. Her gifted teacher had said that it was hard anyway, and if that teacher said something was hard, then it probably was since she was the smartest adult that Wonder knew. Still, this was one time that she was willing to try. She usually let things go if she thought they were going to be too difficult. They could always be done later when she was smarter, but this wasn't something that she wanted to let go of. This was something that she wanted to hold on to because she want, she didn't want him to be something that she let go of. How do you make a paper crane? His face froze for a moment. Uh, I don't know if I remember. He dug through his backpack and then opened his binder, ripping his math homework from the rungs. He immediately went to tearing it into the shape of a square, licking the edge of the paper. Ew, gross. Well, how else am I supposed to rip it, Wonder? She giggled and let him continue watching carefully, trying to memorize his every move in silence. She furrowed her brows as she realized what he was folding in the first place. 
That's your homework. Don't you need that? Not anymore. He reminded her before his lips twisted into a dissatisfied frown. Sorry, it's not very neat. Let me try again. He ripped another sheet of math homework from the pages of his binder and began tearing and folding again while she held the first crane in her hands. She looked at it from every angle, never wanting to forget anything, even if it was covered in the equations that she hated so much. He let out a slight sigh when she finished the second one. That one wasn't perfect either. Sorry, they're not that good. I like them, she said almost immediately as they entered the gated community, and she almost held her breath. Two minutes left, and that wasn't enough time. It felt like her entire universe had to be formed within those two minutes. It felt like she had to memorize every square inch of his face or she might forget it. Like she had to etch every single part of his being into her brain or she might end up losing him forever. Um, maybe you could come over before we leave or something. When are you leaving? Tonight. Her aunt would never let her. And she knew that he knew it, too. And still, she thought of following him off of the bus, maybe getting in an extra hour or two with him. She thought of walking home from his bus stop to her usual one. And then she thought of how much trouble she would get in if her aunt found out and let the idea go. You really think if I make 1,000 of these, I could see you again? Maybe. I'll make them, too. That way we have a better chance. She smiled a little at the suggestion, but the tears were already rolling down her cheeks again. She could feel them. She had been so excited every day to see him, and now that was just being taken from her. It was like it never happened, like it ever existed, because only the two of them would know what happened on this bus in the past four months. It almost seemed unreal. If she told anyone else, they wouldn't believe her. Because who would believe that a fifth grader would even look at her, let alone like her? Minute 20. I'll miss you, she said, twirling the paper crane around by its right wing. I'll miss you too, he said, as if it was so easy, even though in a few minutes he could be without her forever. Maybe you'll come back to America someday? Maybe. The bus driver gave him a harsh glare, and he began shoving his binder in his bag. He zipped it, rushing a bit now as his little brother came up the aisle, his face red and his nose stuffy from having said goodbye to all of his friends, too. He pat his little brother on the shoulder gently before getting up, turned to wonder one last time. Twenty and one half. I'm sorry I have to leave. Please don't be sad for me. I'm sorry, too. I can't promise that, she admitted, sniffling as a tear rolled over the tip of her nose. He leaned in and kissed her cheek before rushing off of the bus and wrapping his arms around his little brother. She looked out the window, watching his back as they drove away, her paper crane in hand. When the bus finally reached her house, she quickly wiped away the tears, trying to hide exactly how upset she was. She knew her aunt would ask about it. And she wasn't in the mood to be told that it wasn't that big of a deal or have her feelings brushed away, not like she ever was. Instead of talking to her aunt, she simply said, Good afternoon, 
in the brightest voice that she could manage, though she thought it sounded fake. She rushed up the stairs to change her clothes, but once she was out of her jeans, she sat on the edge of the bed and dug around in her bag. Once she found out what she was looking for, she stood in front of her dresser, carefully recreating what she'd watched him do on the bus only 20 minutes before. Her fingers shook a little as she tried to get the lines as straight as he did. She tried to get the angles perfect, too. Even though it was sloppy when she finished, she'd successfully turned the paper heart into a paper crane, since, as far as she was concerned, they were now the same thing.